It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, answer. Yes! Touchdown! We did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Second hour of the show. Back up to two hours. It's the second, second hour of the season. <laughs> that's that's very true. It is the second, second hour. <laughs> we call it the second half instead of the second hour. It's the second half, baby. Get up for the second half. Let's do it. I'll uh, want to hit from you your uh, texts on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. Uh, last hour, we spoke with Josh Sturzer, uh, Green Canyon head football coach Craig Ander. Uh, this hour, a uh, conversation with Utah State cornerback Michael Anwanyu. We'll also share the stat that blew our minds, our player of the week, reveal the uh, results from pick six, and what do we want to see in this scrimmage for Utah State coming up on Saturday, Family Fun Day, uh, as uh, Utah State crossing our fingers will be able to pretty much put their uh, showcase on the field for fans to be there to watch because you weren't able to see it last time, which was unfortunate. Yeah, want to have it on Merlin Olsen Field, not the indoor facility. Got to get that punting practice in, man. We didn't get to see that punting practice. <laughs> well, I'm curious. One of my curiosities this year is uh, who's involved in the return team because um, uh, that was such a strength for Utah State before um but uh who's going to handle those duties who's going to be the return man yeah we'll, we'll have to see it's a curiosity because the guy the one guy they had back there when they did the few kicks and punts it was some fourth string guy that i, I couldn't even remember, couldn't even figure out who he was i didn't i didn't, I didn't even check it was cooper jones was it that's why i thought because he's a little short guy small a yeah. little five foot six running back that's what i was thinking because i remember him being really short but i thought he was wearing like number 12 was the thing I was remembering in my head, but I don't think he's wearing number 12. Because that's a Johnny Carter and um, somebody else on the offense. Uh, yeah, number 12 on the offense is, uh, yeah, quarterback Chase Tuatangaloa. Ah. So. No. Yeah, Cooper, Cooper Jones is 31. It's his jersey number. Uh, but so we'll let's continue to get your thoughts about things you want to see in the scrimmage on Saturday. What are you going to be watching for? Concerns, questions that you may have for Utah State football, um, and um, your reactions to our top twenty-five. We revealed it was Hunter Reynolds at number nine. Uh, as we continue to count down our top ten of the most impactful Aggies for this upcoming season. Um, but also, if you want to chime in, we've had a couple texts that did come through that we didn't get a chance to get to last hour. Uh, so I want to get to those uh, here quickly. And uh, 4781 uh, was appreciated the input that we were sharing about uh, Serena Williams, some of her comments and her, uh, her message saying she's not really retiring from tennis, but she kind of is retiring from tennis and saying that it's not a good comparison for her at her age, if she wants to do raise a family, 
she has to basically quit competing while somebody like Tom Brady can still be out there and competing without interruption. Yeah, basically, in true activist athlete form, Serena Williams went out with the message saying, hey, there's challenges that women face that men don't. Um, like I said, 4781 was pointed out that that's not always true, but like I said, in broad strokes, she was right in this in this particular instance. Right, and there are facts that, that absolutely is indisputable. Uh, 9310, a bunch of haters of success. She didn't take anything away from me. Okay, 9310, uh, speaking up for Serena Williams. Yeah, any, like I said, any activist athlete is going to take some heat from people who disagree with you. Because when you're an outspoken athlete and you voice your opinion, people disagree with you. And so that that's why Serena has a, a decent amount of haters, perhaps more so than a lot of other athletes, is because she speaks out. And she tries to speak out against convention. I'm not going to talk about whether or not she's right or wrong. I'm I'm not getting into that. Um, but it's it's just how it is. Uh, six five four three are all the high school games this week live streamed? Uh, no, unfortunately. I mean, there'll be a way to follow them if you're outside of the area. We will stream all of the games. You can at least listen to the audio of all of the games. There are some situations, some venues where some of our teams are playing that. Um, Having video is just is not going to be a, an option for us, unfortunately. But we will provide all of those links, ways to follow along on Cash Valley Daily, even if you're outside of the traditional broadcast area of some of our radio signals. So you can still keep it keep tabs on what's going on with our uh, local high school sports, even if they're not here in the valley. Yeah, the home games will pretty much always be video streamed. Away games. Yeah, it does kind of depend sometimes on whether the video will be there. Um, radio broadcast pretty much always, and then obviously you can stream that radio broadcast if you have the internet wherever you are. Yes. So we'll do our best to make sure we have an option for you. Uh, 9315, uh, texting in, says, uh, Jason sounds more like the janitor every day. I guess. Am I supposed to be, am I supposed to be flattered by that? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you should feel about that comment. Uh, then also, don't men have different body types than women at all? Uh, it allows for different things in sports. Well, I mean, I mean, well, yes. That the yes. answer to that is yes. The short answer is yes. Um, but just generally speaking, men are much better built for athletics. It's why men are better at sports than women. Just, <laughs> and I'm not going to apologize for saying that. Well, I think there are certain sports that. That women are are better suited, not to say better suited for, but they are able to excel in some sports in different ways than men are. Um, but uh, uh, but yes, they're different body types makes it different ways of competing and being able to have different levels of success um, on the whatever field of play that it is. But our opinions about how she may have been outspoken about certain things sometimes overshadows what. What she did as an athlete, and that's sometimes difficult for people to separate. But what's what is indisputable, just like men and women have different body types, is that she had, and has had, an incredible career, and uh, performed at an extremely high level, beyond what is normal for most women at that sport. 
And uh, she's been an incredible athlete, open doors for a lot of others, particularly in that sport, but in others as well. And uh, I, I think we have to set aside our opinions about things that she may have said or positions that she has taken and at least respect what she's done on the court. And the thing is, we do that for men who have done awful things. Um, and we set aside the awful things that some men have do to respect their on-court career, but there's people who won't respect Serena's career because, like I said, she's outspoken and talks about politics and social things. Like, is that a crime or something? We ignore literal crimes from some male athletes. <laughs> but some people can't get over the fact that Serena's saying, you know, whatever she's saying in that particular moment. And in some cases, I guess in this case, she's not necessarily wrong. You can't really say she is wrong. No. Yeah. So, yeah, and like I said, and when you look at what she's she's done, I know some people like to say, well, men, you know, they hit the ball harder in tennis, whatnot. But you know, because with women, like, like I said, where they have different body types, they can still accomplish and be be just as dominant in their sphere as men. Even if you want to say, oh, the men jump higher, run faster, whatnot. Okay, so. Serena's competing against other women. She has a woman's body, and she's able to compete and be dominant in her sport, and it makes her one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, absolutely. So, anyway, she uh, it was in Vogue magazine, I guess, is where she announced it's not – she didn't call it a retirement. She's calling it an evolution so she can focus on family and business interests. Uh, but um, – it has a lot of people reflecting back on her career and things that she has done and things that she has accomplished, which are worth talking about because it's incredible. Yeah, she has a great legacy, and you're going to have to keep talking about it. We, we talk about people's legacy all the time in sports, people who have played a long time ago because their legacy lasts. It's, it's our version of immortality is the legacy you leave behind. And I want to pose this question with Serena. Um greatest tennis athlete of all time male or female I don't know enough about tennis to answer that question unfortunately um, from what I know she's certainly in that conversation and I wouldn't argue with anybody who said that she's the greatest tennis athlete of all time because um, I do believe you have Federer and Nadal and, and Djokovic who are all each very accomplished in their own right Yes, true. And have been very dumb. I think Federer especially has a – I think he has a comparable number of individual titles to Serena, I think. I'd have to double-check that. I, I think you're right. Well, I, I need to double-check the numbers, but I think he's in the conversation. Yeah, I think he's in the 20s in terms of his major titles. And Serena has 23 and like 70-something, maybe even 90-something just overall individual titles, not not just majors. So, yeah, she's – like I said, she's in the conversation, and I won't argue the point if you say, because, like, all right, she has a good argument. Hard for me to argue against it unless I can, you know, find somebody else who's more dominant, which there ain't too many people on that list of people who are comparable to Serena's dominance. So, okay, well, maybe debatable uh, with looking at different aspects of uh, accomplishments of other male tennis players. But where does she stand among female athletes overall, across all sports? I mean, my knowledge of great female athletes is limited. Simone Biles is probably the only other athlete 
um, at least contemporary, who come close, who's comes close to that individual dominance. Um, oh, there's a sprinter, I believe. Um, an American sprinter, I think, who's had a pretty. Was it Allison Felix? I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. She, she might be. I I can't remember. And a lot of people have talked about her being great. I don't know her list of individual accomplishments. Um, oh, and uh, the swimmer, uh, Katie Ledecky. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I said her name Highly properly. decorated. Uh, yeah. So that's another one. And it's hard to compare some of these because, you know, Serena was able to play four major titles a year. You know, some of these other athletes, they may not have the same number of championships, but, like, you know, they do it once every couple of years and things like that. So I think those are probably – that's a short list I can come up with. I think those four um, that are comparable. A couple of uh, more texts coming through on the subject. 5338 chimes in. There's no doubt Serena was a great player. However, I still think Steffi Graf in her prime was better. As somebody else actually brought up Steffi Graf, uh, 7994. Uh, I, I guess he was just listing off a couple of, of great female players, Steffi Griff and uh, Mia Hamm. Great soccer player. Yeah. Yeah. Steffi Graf, great tennis player. I agree. I just think Serena just more powerful, more dominant in how she plays the game. Yeah, it's that dominance because, like, in a way, she was the Tiger Woods of women's tennis where it's her and everybody else. Yeah, true. And that's just the way it is. There's not too many she other players. She's only going to lose if she made a mistake. Yeah, basically. And there's only a few athletes in a lot of areas that are like that. Tiger Woods, um, Ledecky's kind of one of those. Um, Phelps, Michael Phelps was another one. Mm. Um, so you get him in men's and women's sports. And Serena's right up there with a lot of these, you know, these other great individual athletes. 9315 with a recommendation for accolades that should be mentioned or applauded. The greatest tennis ball boy, Kramer from Seinfeld. I've not really watched Seinfeld, so I, I missed the reference, unfortunately. Oh, my gosh. Did he get you hit the nuts a bunch that. of times? Uh, well, you know, he somehow signs up to be one of those ball boys that just kind of hang out there at the edges of the uh, net. Yeah. And then runs off to get the ball and comes back, but somehow he screws it up and he runs into the athlete and knocks him over. <laughs> as, as Kramer normally would do. Yeah, that's the way those shows are. They do something stupid and... They get themselves in a ridiculous situation and they make it worse by being by being stupid. <laughs> yes. So, uh, certainly big topic today uh, with Serena Williams announcing her retirement. But we're uh, focusing on other things as well. I had a chance to get up to uh, practice today for Utah State. Got a chance to catch up with Josh Sturzer. Uh, that's uh, on the podcast for last hour. It's already been posted if you want to – or being posted as we speak if you want to go back and listen to it uh but uh i also got to, to catch up with michael Anwanyu, uh cornerback for utah state somebody who's been in the system for a little while and uh one of those other impact players in the secondary a lot of talent and depth there and i got a chance to catch up with him after practice and uh, see how he felt that things went on saturday in the scrimmage and how things are going overall in this fall camp senior michael Anwanyu. Um, let's just start off of building off of the success from last year. You guys surprised a lot of people. I mean, it may not have been a surprise to you and your teammates, but how do you build off of that success now? Um, we could just continue to work. Um, we know what it looks like. 
um, coming off a one and five season uh, in, 20, in 2020, going into 2021 camp, well, we had a lot of expectations for ourselves. Um, we just wanted to work hard and get better every day. That's one of our mottos as a team, get one, one degree better every day. Um, we had great leaders last year. Um, they showed us what it looked like to be great leaders. So um, guys like me, myself, and a lot of other uh, um, upperclassmen, we just try to build off what they did last year um, and just try to take up after them. So do you feel like you kind of have this on your shoulders to, to take a larger role in a leadership position? Yes, sir. But it's it's a team. It's it's really a team effort. Like I'm I'm really surprised this year at a lot of young guys stepping up as well. Um, it's really a lot of guys that I see uh, trying to progress into leadership roles as well as myself. I'm trying to um, progress into one as well. I'm still learning as a leader, um, but it's a lot of guys uh, stepping up as leaders. I'm learning from our leaders on this team now. Some some are younger than me, to be honest. But um, there's a lot of leaders that I'm learning from um, as camp goes on. So that's just really good. Seems like there's a lot more depth and skill at this cornerback and secondary overall. Do you feel like that's one of the real strengths of the Utah State defense this year? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a it's a real big strength. We got uh we got we got a lot of diversity really. To be honest, we got um, bigger, longer guys now. Um, we got faster, faster guys. Um, our receivers have given us great work all camp. Um, uh, our receivers are deep as well, so it's really a uh, competition every single day out here. So it's really iron sharpens iron, and we get better every single day out here. So at scrimmage, we saw a couple of 40-yard bombs mm -hmm. on the offense. Great play by the wide receiver or secondary, maybe just a half step behind. Or It's always tough when it's like your guys against your own guys. Yes, right? sir. But uh, yes, sir, like I said, our receivers are really good. A lot of those, a lot of those uh, plays, we were in great position. Our receivers just went up and made plays. And you guys will see that um, this season. Um, those guys just go up and make plays. They're real big guys, strong guys. They make plays. So um, a lot of guys, were, a lot of times we're in good position, and they make plays. Um, well, sometimes we got to clean up our technique, but sometimes they just make plays because that's what those guys do. So um, we just got to flip the script and go to the next play and, play and go make a play. Uh, there's always a lot of juice with this coaching staff and with the defensive unit on that sideline. Um, this year, any different than years past? I mean, it seems like things are pretty amped on that defensive sideline. Yeah, no, no different. Even more, even more juice. That's uh, what what this defense uh, fuels off of. We're, we're we're excited to watch each other make plays, um, whether it be ourselves or our teammates. We're always going to be excited for each other. And as a defense, uh, the juice, we, uh, our juice is is just is stagnant. We we we. That's what we feel off of. Like I said. Do you, as a player, do you prefer you know, which which side of the field do you prefer to play off of that, that better suits kind of your ability to to see what's coming? Both. Uh, I like to I like playing both. I mean, and I can do. I feel like I can do anything. So um, I'm always comfortable wherever I'm at, boundary field and slot. I can. I feel like I can do anything, really, honestly. And then my final question is: Why did you choose to come to Utah State? Um, I'm, to be honest, I'm from a big city in California. Um, I wanted something different. I, I, I love it here. It's real calm. It really allows me to focus on what I want to focus on, which is school and football. So um, it's a, it's a, it, was, it was just a great opportunity for me to just grow as a person. And um, um, I'm doing that with my teammates as well. So that's just that's, that's great. Michael Onwanyu, thank you so much. Good luck. Yes, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you. That's great. There he is, Michael Onwanyu, Utah State uh, corner for USU. Multiple years of experience in the system. Uh, really started to come on last year. And uh, one of many guys with experience in that secondary. And I like how he described that the, the secondary has a lot of options. Length, size, speed, skill, leadership. Um, it's, uh, it's a real strength for Utah State this year. Yeah, all different kinds. Lots of versatility. You know, the, I, don't, I don't know if they use versatility if, that, if that's the word they use much in football. They like to say we're multiple. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think I think Gary Anderson was on that a lot. We're multiple. It was a big word for him. So they like to be multiple, versatile. And in, in the secondary, when you have all these options, you know, we finally have a corner on the defense who's six feet tall as opposed to 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, you know, Johnny Carter, I was out there watching, I was like, dang, that, he looks huge. <laughs> he looks really tall. When, you know, when you see, uh, you know, Andre Grayson coming out here and he's, you know, he's a lot smaller. So it's nice to have that length, but also you, you kind of need the 5'8", five, 5'9", five, guys, because then they'll line up against the 5'8", five, 5'9", five, slot receivers. Then you got the safeties out there. Some of the safeties are better at coverage. You know, Dominic Tatum, a little bit better at coverage. Hunter Reynolds, pretty good in the run game and in tackling. Gervin Hall, big hitter. So you got all different kinds in the secondary, you know, for different situations. If it's a short yardage run situation, you got Hall and, and Reynolds in there. If it's more of a passing situation, you got Tatum in there. You know, all these options. And Ike Larson as well, Jamie Nance. Uh, and so it's there's a lot of options. Uh, available for Utah, Xavier Steele. I mean, there's a lot of guys we're leaving out, but there's the point is there's there's a lot of depth and skill there for Utah State. Yeah, a lot of developing guys and a lot of veterans. So this this unit seems like it could be set up for a couple of years. You know, as they get through, you know, some of these veterans will graduate, and these developing guys who are also talented, they'll come in. Who knows after that? Because you can never project three or four years out because half the guys transfer. Right. But for a couple of years, it feels like Utah State's pretty well set in the secondary. All right, getting back to our full-court press text line before we take another timeout, um, circling back on great athletes, uh, female athletes. So pose the question, is, is Serena Williams the best female athlete of all time? And we've had a few other recommendations. Steffi Graf, Mia Hamm uh, from a few other texters, uh, 6891. What about Lindsey Vaughn? Tremendous skier, a lot of success on the hill. Um, as we were talking during the interview off the air, the thing with like Olympic athletes is we, we only see them in short bursts. And somebody like Serena Williams, we see her multiple times a year. And so maybe we're a little bit biased in that sense because we see them more often. Yeah, it creates a recency bias isn't the greatest term. Maybe a frequency bias might be a, a made-up term I could maybe use. Where, you, yeah, you're seeing Serena Williams several times a year, maybe more if she's playing in some smaller tournaments. Whereas, you know, Lindsey Vaughn, she shows up every four years in the Olympics on TV. She's doing stuff the other three years, but they don't put that on TV. You maybe hear about it. You know, it seems like the only way that the Olympic athletes can get that super dominant status is when you have a Michael Phelps who wins eight medals in one Olympics. Or, you know, sprinters who, you know, win multiple medals or, you know, different things like that. We're able to have it, you know, in bulk. And it's such an amazing accomplishment that you can't ignore it. You know, Simone Biles is kind of that way. Mm -hmm. Where she's winning medals in bulk, even though she only shows up on our TV screens every four years. Right. And then they're dominant each time we see them. We just don't see them with much regularity. Yeah. And again, they also don't have, it's hard to argue, oh, 23 individual titles. I mean, Simone Biles, I don't think she has 23 Olympic gold medals. Granted, she might have that many medals of various events. But again, nobody seems to care about those because they're not the Olympics. Uh, another text, 5338. Kramer was a ball man, not a ball boy. <laughs> Probably was a ball boy, considering the context I'm getting <laughs> from this episode. How he acted. 
It's definitely immature. Um, Bonnie Blair is another one, 9952. Okay. Problem is, these are all names that I'm just not as familiar with because they're probably older. Uh, 9315 sending us some uh, Google searches. Uh, Charmaine That's James. a dangerous game. Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to consider that and uh, put the filters on before we start <laughs> clicking on e- uh, links from 9315. Click this link to buy a PS5. <laughs> from, uh, yeah, get an Ethiopian prince with an inheritance. He needs your help. <laughs> All right, more about Utah State football. What do we want to see in the scrimmage this Saturday? Love to get your, your thoughts on that as well uh, as we preview the final a scrimmage for Utah State before the uh, season opener. Uh, we'll also get into the stat that blew our minds, our player of the week, reveal the uh, uh, our results from pick six as well, kind of recapping the weekend that was. We didn't have a chance to get to it yesterday. It's all coming up here on the Full Court Press with your texts as well, 435-339-0321. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. It's tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m., Visit TheElementsRestaurant.com for reservations today. Who do you turn to if you want to change out your wood or pellet stove? Advanced Fireplace and Stove. They were voted the gold medalist for Best of Northern Utah for the second year in a row in the fireplace retrofit category. Be ready when the government's next wood and pellet replacement incentives pop up. Advanced Fireplace can help you navigate the paperwork. For more information, call Advanced Fireplace and Stove, 752-7272. Online, advancedfireplaceandstove.com. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Grantham Mobile Automotive Repair, on the go, ready to get your car repair tackled quickly. Locally owned and operated and ASE certified. Grantham Mobile Automotive, 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. So, um, things we want to see in scrimmage for Utah State coming up this Saturday for for me, I think one of the big things I want to see is development in the run game. Can that offensive line create a push? Can they create gaps? And can the running back core get yards? That's probably number one on my list right now. Yeah, I think there's some... 
you know, some room for optimism because if you look at the top two running backs of the day, uh, Gentry and Makakone, they both had good yards per rush averages. Granted, both were kind of bolstered, but I think both had 20-plus yard runs. And both ended, I think, with 45 and 50 yards. So their their yards per average is a bit bolstered, but they were decent overall. And so they were running some of it behind the first-team offensive line. Makakone mostly the first-team offensive line. Gentry some because they were trotting out that first-team offensive line with everybody towards the end of the scrimmage. So, but everybody else behind them kind of sucked. So I, I do believe there is room for improvement there in creating push, specifically in the interior, because some of those outside runs ended up being better where they were kind of able to bounce out to the outside and just find some space, whereas there was no space on the inside. Um, so, But going to the thing that I want to see, I want to see more from the starting wide receivers. They had a short but disappointing day where I think the top three combined for two catches. You know, McGriff didn't have a catch. Van Leeuwen caught one of the, I think, four balls thrown to him. Two of them he dropped. One time he was overthrown. I think Cobbs was, he caught the one 49-yarder. And then I think another time it might have been overthrown. I think another time he dropped a contested catch. So not much from then. Again, they, it was kind of a short term for them. But I want to see a little bit more from them because these are the guys we're hyping up. These are the guys we're saying are going to replace the receiving core that had 31 touchdowns, I think, between them and like almost 3,000 yards between the three of them. Most of Logan Bonner's production last year. That's what we're replacing. And these guys, the one time I've seen all of them together, it was short and disappointing. So I want to see more from them in this second scrimmage. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I think that there were moments where we saw some of the other guys at the wide receiver position make some nice plays. Vaughn, Williams, but is you know are those part of the starting unit? Are those starters? Um, but you know the some of those starting wide receivers didn't see a lot of action. But I'm with you. I mean, if they're going to be in there, they're in there to make plays. And if a, a ball is thrown their way and it's a catchable ball, we expect them to be able to bring it down. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm losing all my hope in these guys just because of one, you know, scrimmage where, again, Bonner threw like 10 passes. I'm not giving up all hope because of this. I'm just hoping to see more so I can at least have it in my brain that I've seen them play well before they suddenly have to, you know, go against UConn and play real football. So that's kind of my thoughts with the wide receivers. Um, so yeah, your your thoughts about what you or questions you may have or things that you want to see coming up of the scrimmage on Saturday four three five three three nine zero three two one. Getting to some of the texts that did come through. Bonnie Blair was mentioned. Uh, for those who don't remember, and I didn't, but we looked it up during the break. Uh, speed skater. I remember her from the Olympics. She was very a, dominant. She was quite literally before my time. Her <laughs> last Olympics was the year I was born. <laughs> <laughs> your uh yeah your, your your literal memory of her is uh non-existent yeah basically uh we found out that uh Charmaine james is a tremendous uh rodeo athlete um how how many years of I, it was barrel so she racing? won like let, let me i gotta fire up the old google machine gotta go back to this it says she won 11 women's professional rodeo association barrel racing world championships which is the most in history. She won 10 of those in a row. 
1984 to 1993, and then came back in 2002 and won another one. That's a big gap. Yeah, that's that's, that's pretty crazy. Uh, also, 9315 asks, would being indoors affect how wide receivers catch the football when used to playing outside? It shouldn't. Yeah, it should. It they can, do, I guess. They do practices in there all the time. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's like having wind versus not wind. It's like it shouldn't affect you. It can, but it shouldn't. Shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't be dropping the ball because you're indoors. No. So y'all, sorry, coach. I dropped that one because it was indoors. No. When it's thrown right into your chest, uh, you should be able to bring it in. Um, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Any other things that you'd like to see at the scrimmage coming up on Saturday for Utah State? Um. I just, I want to see him having fun. Like, I saw, or we saw the defensive sideline having fun for a solid two hours. Like, they were amped. They were hyped. They were cheering each other on. They were celebrating. Uh, They were having a great time. Offense was a little more muted. I think it's okay for the offense to get hyped and have fun and get excited. Uh, I'd like to see them celebrate successes with each other. Um, being indoors, maybe a little bit harder to see some of that. But if there's a 40-yard bomb from a quarterback to a receiver, I'd love to see that offensive sideline go crazy. Yeah, you like to see the offensive sideline. Like, you know, they, they start sprinting down the field toward where it happened. Because the defense do that too sometimes. You know, they make a big play. You know, some of those turnovers they made, defensive guys come running down. They start celebrating with the guy who made the pick or recovered a fumble. Um so you'd like to see that when the offense has something. And, and for one, the defense had a lot more chances to celebrate. Yes. A few more sacks, three turnovers, things like that. The offense, they had a few big plays. Or at least I think it was I, – I did the math on exactly how many. It was like five or six 40-yard passes or yeah, something like that. Yeah, there were some big explosive plays. Yeah. And those are absolutely worth celebrating <laughs> and getting excited about. Yeah, but also, again, there was no touchdowns, which – or there was the one, I guess. But, again, that was a function of just where they were on the field practicing. Right. How how they were running the practice, how they were running the scrimmage, it, it made it yeah, not really conducive to scoring touchdowns. Yeah. And I wonder if they'll run this upcoming scrimmage a little differently because a lot of times they'll do a almost kind of game scenario type thing. And I know some teams have done it weird. I think when, when Gary was doing it, I can't remember if Blake did it this way, but Gary, like he, like the defense could score points, yeah, by like having tackles for loss and turnovers. Really weird thing. Um, and I think with that format, defenses tended to dominate. Um, but I think last year they ran just kind of a scrimmage thing where they had two teams. If I remember correctly, I'm not sure. Do you, do you remember well, what it was you, like last usually, year? Usually, uh, usually your first scrimmage is more situational. Uh, we're going to do this on this yard line. We're going to run it. No matter what the result, we're going to come back and do it. The some some similar things. Um, then we're going to do punting. And then we're going to do kickoffs. And then we're going to gather up. And then we're going to do some red zone stuff. Um, and so usually the, the first scrimmage is more situational based. The second one, there's still some elements of that. But I think they let them go up and down the field. To If you're going to get a first down, we're going to keep rolling and Get another first down and uh, keep seeing what happens with the unit that we have. Yeah, and I think that's what we've generally done for this. You know, they've been doing the the family fun day or whatever, whatever they're calling Which it. Which is a showcase for the fans. Yeah, because it's, it's and so they like to have a little more game like 
so that people can follow it a little bit better. Because watching practices can be kind of boring uh, unless you're, like, really into it, which maybe some of these people are if you're showing up for a blue-white game. But True, true. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, we're going to shift gears here and uh, get into the – on Tuesdays we do the stat that blew our minds, and we also talk about a player of the week. So well, let's start out with our player of the week. And uh, I don't know that we've used this since you've been on here, Jason, but now that we have a little bit more time, we can use the big voice guy to get us into our uh, our segments. Ooh, big voice guy. Time to see who the real MVP is. If you have a good game, your game is going to say that. You, know, you don't have to say it. Puts a lot of cool things in perspective anytime you're the first time doing something. It's the Full Court Press Player of the Week. Let's go! All right, so who stood out to you this last week and what they were able to do in their various sports? Well, I'm going to go pretty boring and stay close by. I didn't feel like looking up baseball scores, so I'm staying here at Utah State. Give it to Daniel Grishik. Ooh, good choice. Stuck out my neck for him really far, putting him really high on my top 25 Aggies list, and I'm sitting pretty after that scrimmage. He looked really good. Racked up a lot of stats. Again, maybe a little inflated based on the situation, but he looked really good. Except for a couple of plays. <laughs> he made up for it. He made up for it. He covered up a lot. Uh, but, yeah, he does look good. I like his speed, uh, able to get around the edge um, and to create havoc for opposing quarterbacks. That'll be a lot of fun to watch this year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, for me, I went with Sabrina Ionescu. Um, she just last night led the Liberty in points, rebounds, and assists. That's the fifth time she's done this this year. But also earlier this week, she eclipsed 200 assists and is the first player in WNBA history to record 200 rebounds and 200 assists in a single season. There you go. Great player for uh, for the Liberty. Uh, Utah State got to see her when they played against Oregon that one year for Utah State women's basketball. She's a tremendous player uh, for the WNBA. Yeah, see, I was at that Oregon-Utah State game. And so she's she's probably like the one player I really know, or at least have followed. She's a name I recognize. Probably I'd consider her my favorite player. Because again, I got to see her, <laughs> so that's that's I, I formed the connection there, and I've been following her ever since because she's a really great player. One of the highest profile visiting athletes to come to Utah State. We can make an interesting list there. Yeah, I'd have to go back and like figure out like all right, who showed up at Utah State? Yeah, because you don't get these. You know, I think Oregon was ranked number three at the time. Um, yeah, I think it was something in the top three. Yeah, very high. And they don't come to Utah State. Usually we're going to them. That's true. Kind of like this year. <laughs> that's true. All right, so that's our player of the week. Certainly if you've got a recommendation or a nomination, love to hear from you at 435-339-0321. Uh, now getting into the stat that blew our minds. Let's take a look at the numbers. It's the stat that blew our minds. He did what? On the full court press. Wow, that blew my mind. All right, Jason, you led off with the player of the week, so I'm going to lead off with stat that blew my mind. And I'm going to go with Serena Williams. It's her string of success. 23 Grand Slam titles, 14 Grand Slam doubles titles, multiple gold medals as an individual and as in doubles, 
uh, over $90 million in prize money. Uh, and what she's been able to do as a professional tennis player after the age of 35 is unprecedented. Uh, an incredible, incredible athlete at what she was able to do on the court. And uh, despite all the stuff that she has said or advocated for, shouldn't take away from what she has done and accomplished on the court. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, I'll be honest. When I saw that her like you know earnings was $94 million, I was like, that's it? I feel like she should have earned more than that, just with how dominant she's been. And for how long. Yeah. Because she's been, she's been dominating since she was a teenager. And now she's 41. Pretty incredible su- run of success. It's a long time to be that dominant in one sport. Yes. All right. So we're going to do mine. Uh, it's about a baseball card. A Honus, I don't know if I'm saying this, a Honus, Honus Wagner. Okay. Honus well. Wagner. I don't know how his name's pronounced it. It's spelled a certain way. Honus He's, Wagner. This is a baseball player from the literally the 19th century, the early 20th century. Uh, baseball card says T206. I don't know what that means, but it's in the, all the headlines. So a T206 baseball card of Honus Wagner sold for $7.25 million. Oh, my word. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty nuts. Wow. Uh, that's some, some, some person in this, in this world. Spent $7.25 million on a piece of paper. A little piece of cardboard. Yeah. I, uh, it just boggles my mind whenever I see this. And it's, its value is based mostly on its rarity. There's not very many of them made. Uh, Wagner is a Hall of Famer. Right. Uh, played from 1897 to 1917. Eight batting titles. So a really good player from a long time ago. And his card is apparently worth... $7.25 million and growing because it's only getting older. Uh, yes, and it's only going to get more and yeah. more rare. And the last couple of cards, because like, there's like a rating system they have for cards, I think the one that sold for $7.25 million was only rated like 3 out of 10. So like, not very good condition, but it exists. Wow. <laughs> and it's it's readable. I got to go So $7.25 Go dust off my old box of uh, cards. I'm not. I don't have a Honus Wagner in there. I know that. Oh, uh, if you do, mind giving it to me. <laughs> we'll, we'll split it. You might know what to do with it. <laughs> uh, so anyway, stand to blow our minds. If you've got one or a player of the week who stands out to you, I'd love to hear from you. Four three five three three nine zero three two one nine three one five. Chiming in at this uh, weekend scrimmage, are we going to see the full court press hosts run the field shirtless, waving them like helicopters? If outstanding plays happen that have never been done in USU football. I don't know if the athletic department wants to deal with that. If we never want to see a sideline again. (laughs) It'd be a fast way to get our press credentials revoked. Yeah. Uh, No. I think there's something on there about not doing that. Like specifically, (laughs) don't take your shirt. No, no. It just says something about not celebrating or different things don't be obnoxious yes isn't doesn't which, always happen which i think what 9315 suggests does comfortably fall under the definition of obnoxious <laughs> it's in the it's in the uh it's in the family yes <laughs> uh coming up next here on the full court press we will reveal pick six we didn't get to that yesterday we had so much stuff to get through uh, as we recap the weekend that was how close were we at predicting the things that were going to take place this weekend 
Uh, and feel free to continue to chime in on our topics of the day, 435-339-0321. Hey, it's Garrett Grantham with Grantham Mobile Automotive. Just like a plumber, just like an electrician, I come to your home. I am a master ASE technician, licensed, insured, and ready to come to you for your car repair needs. Right now, it is hot outside. From air conditioners to transmissions, I can take care of you. Give me a call, and I will come to you to get your car's AC running cold in no time. 435-229-4345. That's 435-229-4345. This is The Herd. Attention listeners. With Colin Cowherd. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has now become the most underrated player in the NFL. By a mile. Colin, he can't stay healthy. So let's attack that narrative. He played 15 of 17 games this year. 15 of 17. Plus three playoff games. This is The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Wow. Weekdays from 10 to 1 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. You want to feel important. You want to be a part of something bigger, something that matters and can help change things. You want to feel like you belong. We know. We felt that way, too. And that's why we did something about it. We aren't just Army National Guard soldiers. We are normal people just like you. And together, we can make a difference. Take on your legacy. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Utah Army National Guard. Aired by the Utah Broadcasters Association and this station. Loveland Living Planet Aquarium takes us outside our everyday lives into a world of discovery. It's a chance to explore our innate curiosity, discover animals from around the world, and experience the all-new outdoor plaza and eco. More to explore at Loveland Living Planet Aquarium. Reserve your visit at thelivingplanet.com. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. I'm cool to just let this play. I mean, I like music. Yeah, it's it's vibing music. <laughs> Full court press, Eric Franson, Jason Walker. Uh, just before we get into our next topic with uh, revealing who won pick six and the results, just remind you about Mountain West Motor, Logan's newest truck and SUV dealership at 615 North Main. Great selection of trucks and SUVs that have been specially customized for your next adventure. So go check them out, 615 North Main. Or check them out online, mwmotor.com. So, um, yesterday we had a lot to get through with the uh, scrimmage recap. We heard from the coach. We heard from players. We had a lot to get through. We didn't have time to get through what happened with pick six. Again, two hours. Somehow <laughs> we got to find time. And today we have that time. Yes, we do. Because we don't have something immediately to react to. We're just sort of reacting to still, and we're beginning the process of looking forward. So um, when we put together our pick six, we got cut off at the very end. Uh, so we, off air, we finished it. We added our own tiebreaker in case we needed it. 
Yeah, I think we missed the one pick that I made on the last one, and then we didn't have the tiebreaker. I had one ready, and so we just we picked a tiebreaker. Yeah, so it's all above board. We were in the same room when it was done, and nothing has been changed since it was put down in ink. Maybe, I don't know. In ink. I wouldn't put it past you to like try and <laughs> cheat. Although it has been in my possession and not yours. Yeah, so I just, you know, you're desperate. Take, take you're that desperate for what to it's win. Worth. Take that for what it's worth. Okay, number one, uh, Brianna Stewart points versus the uh, Las Vegas Aces. Set the line at 25 and a half. I took the over. You took the under. She had 35. Dang. She's on a tear. Um, strikeouts by Shane McClanahan. Uh, that was uh, Tampa Bay at Detroit on Saturday. Uh, that set the line at four and a half. I took the over. You took the under. He threw three. So I've got one. You've got one. Uh, runs scored by the Giants and the A's in their two-game series. Uh, Battle of the Bay. And uh, set the line at 11 and a half. I took the under. You took the over. There was a combined 20 runs scored. So I was <laughs> way off there. A little bit. So uh, you've got two. I've got one. Uh, RSL versus LAFC. Yep. Uh, you set the line RSL losing by a score, one and a half. Yeah. Plus 1.5. Yeah, basically a spread of plus 1.5. Uh, it turned out that the LAFC won four to one. We both took the over, so we both got that correct. Yeah, pessimism for the win. <laughs> yes. So you've got three. I've got two. Uh, hits by Juan Soto, and over uh, the three game series with the Dodgers, set the line at three and a half. Uh, you took the under. I took the over. He only had two. So you've got four, and I've only got two. Uh, and then runs by the Dodgers on Friday, set the line at six and a half. They actually had eight. So I took the over, you took the under. Doesn't matter. I had three right, you had four. <laughs> Tiebreaker doesn't matter, even though I got that one right. Doesn't matter. This is why it took until Tuesday to do it, because he knew he'd lost. He didn't <laughs> want to admit it yet. Dragging my feet. <laughs> it's like, oh, we, oh we do, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it Wednesday. Right no, on time. <laughs> Sorry, bye. Uh, get the microphone. Uh, <laughs> can't get it to work. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's uh, four times. That's four in a row. I mean, more like 3 0 and 1 because we tied that one time, so I just kind of retained the title belt. It's true. It wasn't taken from you. Yeah. So it's. I'm undefeated. That's. Uh, I, I'm really having a hard time knowing what to do with myself because this is uncharted territory. <laughs> Your whole identity as the pick six champion. It's like if Tom Brady lost like 10 straight Super Bowls. It's like, what do I do with myself? No, this is good because now I have to think more, uh, more uh, put a little more thought into how I put together my pick six because I know I've got a, a formidable foe. See, the problem is is that I don't know how I feel about this because we're doing a lot of baseball stuff, and I don't know anything about baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm winning. I'm like, How? Better to be lucky than good. I guess that's that's the way it is sometime. It got Eli Manning into the Hall of Fame or will get him into the Ooh. Hall of Fame, being lucky. Yes. Shots fired. <laughs> Shots fired. I still had to win the game. Yeah. How much was really on his shoulders to do, though, that's maybe debatable. It's a question. It's the eternal question. Some people call Tom Brady the luckiest of all time yeah. and somehow stand behind that take. I don't know how they I, do I it. I don't how. Once, maybe twice, but... 
that many times? No. Mental gymnastics that would compare to the greatest gymnasts of all time. <laughs> That's how. That's how. Um, but as we kind of uh, wrap up the show for today, um, just looking at uh, – we're going to have a chance to talk to, to Skyview and hear their point of view about Skyview football. Um, and we'll hear that uh, interview tomorrow with Coach Chris Howell. But I, I don't know that I can remember a season – they're coming into a season for Region 11 where there's so much just unknown and uncertainty. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but for years, it was we knew it was going to be Skyview. They were going to be really good. Or we knew Mountain Crest was going to be really good. Or we knew Logan was going to be really good. Uh, more recently, we knew that Ridgeline would at least be there with Skyview. Or now we know it's going to be Ridgeline. But this year, I know that Green Canyon has a lot coming back, but I don't know that there is much of a, a, a shoe-in coming into the season as much as we felt like so many of those other teams in the past were. I think this is going to be as much of a, a region that's up in the air and could be anybody's for the taking. It may come down to a game late in September, early October, that's going to determine who the region champ is and it could be somebody with multiple losses who comes out on top. Yeah, we could end. I think it's going to end up being a three-team race. Um, if there's a surprise out of Bear River, Mountain Crest, or Logan, if one of them makes a jump, could have four teams in there, or maybe three and one kind of on the outside that's, you know, close, or just could come out of nowhere, or could play upset. You know, maybe ruin the region title hopes of somebody above them. You know, I think with Green Canyon, they're just kind of, they're the one we know the most about, and so we feel comfortable about putting them at the top. Because, with, yeah, with Skyview and Ridgeline, we don't know who's replacing them. They've been pretty good at replacing their guys and, and you know, cycling through, reloading, rebuilding. So we're confident they'll be good again, but we just don't know yet. Whereas with Green Canyon, it's like, okay, yeah, they're going to have, like, one of the best defenses in 4A, you know, they had one of the best defenses in 4A, and everyone comes back pretty much. And then they return their offensive guys, so theoretically they get better. Um, so, yeah, it is just kind of a wide-open three-team race. I hope it's something like, I think it was like the 2018 or 2019 um, Region 11 basketball, where there were three teams at the top, and they, were, they basically they all beat each other. It was like rock, paper, scissors. And it was amazing. It had some of the greatest high school basketball games, most exciting high school basketball games I've ever seen because I was right in the thick of it covering all of them. And it was amazing. Loved every second of it. And I'm hoping to see something similar. And like what you said, it, it seems to be setting up like this where we could have something special at the top. Exciting. Yeah, I totally agree. So that, that question about who's going to be at the top, but also like we've got some new coaches here so how are they going to develop their programs how are they going to how are the players going to react to them uh, how can they start to develop and grow as the season goes along so i'm i'm really intrigued to see what happens this year every game will be broadcast locally on a, on a, a, a station here in the valley there's a streaming option available for every game as well so even if you're not here you can still follow along so uh, we're doing whatever we can to make sure we've get the, we get these games covered and we've got a lot of great talent um, behind the scenes and calling these games as well. So really intrigued to see what happens this year for high school football. Our last stop 
will be the Skyview Bobcats, and we'll have that for you tomorrow. And uh, we're going to have some recaps and availability to check things out on CashValleyDaily.com as well. So uh, keep, uh, keep watching for that as well. But have a great night, everybody. We'll be back again at it tomorrow.